The Swamp Without a Still is just a tent, a martini without olives doesn't quite make it, and Mash Minute is intended for mature audiences. Put on your headphones, listen for the tone of your favorite podcast, Mash Minute. Well, it's a minute-by-minute detailed analysis of the movie without which the series wouldn't exist. Megan and Tierney, and guest will make three. Goddamn army, Mash Minute. Welcome back to Mash Minute, the podcast analyzing the 1970 film Mash one minute at a time. For listeners of other movies by minute podcast, this is a minuto sesanta. It's minute sixty. We made it. We consist of myself, Tierney Steele. I'm Megan Coleman. And I'm Josh Newfeld. Woo! Josh came back. <laughs> well, he didn't really leave, so it was easy for you to come back, but... <laughs> Josh did not escape. <laughs> I hope you'll let me out of this room after this recording, but uh, I'm otherwise happy to be here. That was my plan. Try not to sound so pained. Hold that newspaper up high so people can see today's date. No. Uh, <laughs> Josh is here to talk about the movie MASH and specifically to talk about Minute 60, which begins with the boys holding their last supper pose. We're literally frozen on it. And it ends with Mulcahy about to give Painless last rites. Or, yeah, I'm going to go with that. You had mentioned on Friday, that this was Altman's idea. No, it wasn't. It's oh. called The Last Supper in the book that Richard Hornberger wrote. It is referred to The Last Supper across that is referred to it that way in the script, at least in the area like right around this that I'm currently looking at, at least according to this Russian website. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. Uh, this is known as The Last Supper. I could not confirm if this was the first scene shot. I know it was early, but I also know that this pose was shot in the afternoon. Because infamously, they came to work, were, did some rehearsals, did some shooting. And they knew that this was, you know, quote unquote, The Last Supper scene. During the lunch break, Robert Altman sent someone to the library... To get an art book with a photo of the mural The Last Supper. And if you watch the behind-the-scenes footage in the special features of the MASH DVD or Blu-ray, you will see Robert Altman holding this book up and lining people up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't see any other way you could have done it. <laughs> he literally sent like a, a production assistant, said, go get me a copy of the photo of The Last Supper. And it being the late 60s, early 70s, he did not just whip out his phone and Google it like we would. (laughs) He tried, but they hadn't uh, invented that technology yet. So the equivalent was sending a PA to get you a book. And yeah, there's a great picture of him. And he's literally like, you lean this way. Hey, John Shuck, can you do this? And (laughs) Tom Scared, I'm going to need you to put your finger pointing at, you know, the whole nine yards. (laughs) That is awesome. I appreciate the artistry that went into this scene. And I also appreciate that they literally freeze the camera for a few seconds so that you have time to bask in it. (laughs) And then there's that fog. (laughs) That just makes it more... Yeah, it's a very religious use of dry ice. 
Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was like a tarp over to make it dark or... Yeah, I was just wondering If that. they so filmed they the it... interior uh... parts and then... Because I, I feel like the taps part might have happened later, but they also might have just had a big black sheets on either side. <laughs> I, I'm not sure exactly, but there is definitely footage and the sun is shining as he's holding up the book. And I think That's it's so Tom funny. Skerritt. It's one of the actors who's like, or maybe it's Renee Abergeois. There's one of them who's just like, oh yeah, no, we, we knew that was kind of what they were going for, but we didn't realize we were literally going to recreate The Last Supper. <laughs> that part was a surprise. <laughs> You know, we could say that this was Altman's idea because while this event is referred to as the Last Supper and it's like, oh, it's all the male cast. I kind of wonder if Robert Altman was like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, look what I can do. Because <laughs> as you said, he was raised Catholic, so it would have kind of been in his head. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, my husband's grandparents had a reproduction of the Last Supper in their home. So, you know. Maybe in the dining in room? It was in the dining room, yes, actually. Of over over it was. over the buffet. So, you know. <laughs> so oh, so which was also kind of their liquor cabinet, which was kinda of hilarious to me in a way too. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, the actual Last Supper by Leonardo da Vinci is hanging in the refectory of a church in Italy, so and the refectory is where the monks ate or the nuns, I guess. Oh, right. So yeah. yeah. And I almost it's saw it. And now I wish I did go see it. Ah, oh, anyway, <laughs> uh, that's me being mad at my past self. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to let Megan make me super jealous about how she got to go to Italy. And I didn't in just a sec. I just want to point out really quickly because there's someone in this world. who's like, what are they talking about? We are talking about a mural by Leonardo da Vinci titled The Last Supper. It's a mural, so it is up on a wall. It's in Milan, Italy, in a convent, Santa Maria della Grazia. And it's super famous. So if this is how you are learning about Leonardo da Vinci's The Last Supper, I'm really sorry. Okay, now, (laughs) Better late than never. Tell me everything you ate in Italy. Because I want to go real bad. (laughs) The mash connection would be that the time my husband didn't drink wine at all. And in Italy, because we we refused, we didn't try to go to like, I mean, we did touristy stuff, but for dinners and stuff, we tried not to go to like the restaurant that screamed, come here, America, you know, Americans. We (laughs) we tried to go to like a more local place or um, a place where they didn't even really speak English or just didn't want to deal with English. That was fine with us too. And I would end up having to buy basically a bottle of wine because not all these places sold it by the glass because Italians drink a lot of wine and they drink in groups and, you know, it's all good. And so I jokingly referred to my honeymoon for a long time as the drunk tour of Italy with Megan because <laughs> I, by the end of dinner, I would be pretty happy, feel pretty good, <laughs> be feeling that bottle of wine. And my husband would just be like, so where, wait, where, where can we get gelato? Like, let's go. <laughs> and I'd be, like, following him kind of drunkenly, like, tipsy, trying to figure out where there was gelato. Take me to the gelato. And I'm like, where's this gelato you speak of? Like, what can the guidebook, like, <laughs> like, where can we go? Or, like, where the hotel told us we might find some. Florence has mm. fabulous gelato. It's also famous for its paintings. Yes, actually, <laughs> it's Florence art, is a wonderful say. place. It's art. For art, yes. It I- is. 
I feel like the mash guys would really appreciate that. We can see they've got some wine on the table they as do. well. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they're giving a toast to dear old Walt. I always forget that that's his name. That that's like Payless yep. has an actual name. I love that once again, Duke almost completely gives away the game. I know, like, right? come, there have been so many things in this movie. It's like it's like where... you know when you go out with a group of friends and someone's like trying you know, there's a secret that you're keeping from that one person for whatever reason. <laughs> and like somebody gets a little too tipsy or they're just too tired, or they're just like, I'm not gonna play this game anymore. And he's like he's like that friend that like almost gives it away. Like you know you know what that thing is, and then you're like, Oh, what? no, shut up and he's like, Oh yeah, whoops. <laughs> yeah, like he plays it drunk a little bit because like he kind of stammers a little, and then mm-hmm. I I was just wondering like was this all part of like this improv thing that Altman had going on where people were just kind of coming up with stuff to say, or was this in the script? What is your Russian script? Or is have he playing drunk? Mm-hmm. Uh, let me pull up the Russian script. I love that. That's what we're referring <laughs> it to now. It's so cool that you learned Russian just to do this research. I mean, <laughs> I've got to give you props yes, for that. Yes, that's what I did. I mean, now you know three languages. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I have to turn it on its side because of the formatting of the uh, screenplay. I was going to say, is it supposed to be in landscape mode, but it's in portrait mode? Yeah, and it, it's it's cutting off on the sides. It won't let me shrink it down. Talking how how they go and lose in Preacher. What do you hear from the Pope? You talk to Walt. He's parted his moorings. Trapper, we're throwing him a last supper. We came to invite you. Hawkeye, the painless pole, plans to cross the Great Divide tonight, and we need your help to straighten him out. They don't call Mulcahy, Mulcahy, they, Dago Red, what do you want me to do? Hawkeye, put in one of your fixes. Wow. I don't think I can give an absolution to a man who's about to commit suicide. It's a mortal sin. I have to look it up. Oh, the military vicar's office. That's what they talking about then they go into the oh so apparently this is happening in the dental clinic and they brought things from the mess tent all right duke y'all come here to say a final goodbye to our old friend walt but maybe it ain't so final Mm. maybe he's just going on ahead into the unknown to do a little recon job for us all during this tribute, the guests rise, their eyes on the guest of honor, who sits with his food untouched, a vacant expression on his face. When Duke, sorry, I have to keep going back and forth, has finished and everyone has drunk the toast, they applaud and sit down again. Trapper raps for attention and indicates Hawkeye, who rises. Hawkeye, I just got this one thing to say. Nobody ordered Walt to take on this mission. He volunteered for certain death. That's what we award our highest medal for. That's what being a soldier is all about. All Except right. for Painless himself, the gathering is deeply moved by this thought, some of them to the point of tears. <laughs> I would have loved it. Who do, you, who do we think's going to cry? Duke, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, the radar of the TV show would definitely be crying right now. But yeah, mm. this, this movie radar, I don't know. Maybe Hojan. Hojan was, <laughs> has, has been indoctrinated into this faith, right? I'm very confused on Hojan's position, role in this group. Like, he's part of the gang. He gets to come to the Last Supper, but... Oh, he's Simon the Zealot. Hmm. Okay, so... Okay. What does that mean? So I did a a breakdown. Oh, thank God. Of... I get to be the one. Um, yeah, so I, I looked at the original uh, Da Vinci painting and I 
corresponded it to our various cast members here. And so what we end up with is Sidemen is Bartholomew. So these are the 12 apostles who are sitting with Jesus at the Last Supper. Again, for people who are just learning about the Last Supper from us, I'm (laughs) I'm so sorry. And the moment that is being replicated that was in Da Vinci's painting is when Jesus says, oh, by the way, guys, one of you is going to betray me. And they're all reacting to this statement of his. Judas, who is the betrayer, is the one who's kind of shrinking back and clutching a bag, um, presumably with money. And all the rest of them are, are reacting in disbelief in various ways. So I helpfully gave you a correspondence here. So Sidemen is Bartholomew the Apostle. Bandini is James, son of Alphaeus. Judson is Andrew. Ugly John, for some reason, is Judas. Volmer is Peter. And Duke is John, the youngest apostle, or possibly Mary, depending on oh, for what you believe. <laughs> Am I stepping on your right. lines here? Hang on, hang on. No, no, no. I'm making notes of things about The Last Supper. No. Um, and Dan Brown on. and Ugly the Da Vinci John. Code. Oh, God. Oh. I have something about Ugly John as Judas. I'll tie that oh, back. Oh, good. And Please then... do, yeah. All right. I'll just say it now. Go. Here's my problem with Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code theory. Oh, God. Lay it on us. Lay it on us. If that is Mary Magdalene, where is John, the youngest apostle? Oh, he was reaching for a glass and fell down behind the table. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, so now we it all makes sense. Now it all makes sense. That that drove me nuts. But I was like, but there's twelve apostles. Like, <laughs> that's fine if you want to have this I whole theory about Brown's... Mary Magdalene. I actually find it fascinating, and it makes for a great mystery. And I found it really interesting. And I I'm I'm even open to like different interpretations of the role of women in the early church. But then where's John? <laughs> he was too young to drink, so they sent him home. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> The soapbox just burst into flames, by the way. (laughs) We're not going to be able to get up on it anymore. It's gone. (laughs) All right. Please continue your actual content for our podcast. Wait, so so who is Hawkeye supposed to be? So, okay. So proceeding from left to right, that leaves Painless as Jesus, of course. Right, which makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Trapper John is doubting Thomas, and he's the one who's pointing up to the ceiling. Supposedly in the... in the painting, it's yeah, because he doesn't believe that anyone's going to betray them, even though he's the one who suggested the black capsule. Dun, dun, dun. And Hawkeye is James <laughs> the Greater. I'm not familiar with like 90% of these apostles, by the way. Uh, me either. And Merhart is Philip. Radar is Matthew. Boone is Jude Thaddeus. And Hojan is Simon the Zealot. Thank you and good night. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. I knew you were going to be a great guest. So I have a theory on why Ugly John is Judas in this painting. Oh, I want to hear it. Yeah, me too. All right. Ugly John is the anesthesiologist. The gas passer. I can't say that word, but thank you. That's what he is. Did he make the black capsule? Oh. It was Hawkeye and Trapper's idea, but then did they go to the person who puts people under for a living and say, we need something that's going to knock him out so he'll think he's... But, you know, something that will act fast, mm-hmm. knock him out, but not be, you won't have any side effects. Did they go, perhaps 
he is the person who actually produced the black capsule. Works for me. And that's yeah, why he's in the Judas position. I was hoping it wasn't because he, besides uh, Hojon, he's the only non-American at the table. So yeah, I like that answer a lot better. No, oh, and I would I like, like to thank Robert too. Altman for not putting one of the very few men of African-American descent in this movie in that position because that oh, would have been a whole can of worms that I do not need. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. No, and spoiler alert, he he sings for us later, which could have been, now that I think of it, its own little weird racial commentary oh. on Southern US that I didn't think of at the time, but hey. Oh. Yeah. No. That man was a professional singer no, and actor. No, I'm going with that. No, no, I'm going no, with- I know. But I'm just saying, there's like weird yeah, layers you could get yeah. there that just... Uh, I'm really glad we didn't. Spoiler alert, we already recorded those minutes and you didn't think of it then, so woohoo! <laughs> I did, but now I'm thinking of it, I'm like, oh god. No, I, I stick to my theory, which our listeners will hear in a few minutes, which is Robert Altman said, Who here can sing? And he raised his hand. Right, exactly. first. <laughs> and we all went, they all went, Cool, you got the job. Yeah. You, come here. We got a sign for you. Has anything so far in this movie contradicted that interpretation? No. <laughs> By the way, I just have to say how much I love this visual. I mean, I'm so glad you guys invited me for this minute because I was an art history major in college, so oh, I, nice. I'm pretty hey. familiar with uh, Leonardo and his work. And I, I just, this is not your introduction to Da Vinci. No, <laughs> yes. no, but it's just it's gorgeous and it's ingenious the way it was put together. And I love just like the little details, like the the light that's right over Painless's head that kind of looks like a halo. You know, all the implements on the table and even the way they got the tablecloth to fold kind of in that same way. And they really, like, production designer gets uh, extra credit for this and lighting designer. And they've got, you know, the wine glasses on the table and candle. There's no candles in the original, but they do have wine glasses or, or just glass cups. And it's so cool. It's a pleasure to take it all in. It's a gorgeous... Oh, and they're, they're getting so plastered, and this is so pretty. And, and they're all wearing ceremonial garb, which just happens to be their surgical wear. But again, it fits in, you know, with the gowns and all of that sort of stuff. And I love even the people who wouldn't be like Hojan is wearing it. You know, mm-hmm. people who wouldn't be in the operating room, let alone the surgeons. Exactly. Everyone is. Everyone's in their formal wear. Mm-hmm. Now, I just want to point out the little bit of weirdness of well, is it weird? I, I, this line, you know. I just want to say one thing. Nobody ordered Walt to go on this mission. Mm-hmm. That They were all there. Who is that for? Yeah. It's just a testimonial. It's just, you know, it's an okay. appreciation of his bravery. Okay. I worry it's just to set up this line, that's what we award our highest medals for. That's what being a soldier is all about. It feels like we're now, we've we've had our gorgeous art history moment, and now we are moving into, hey... Vietnam's not going well, is it, guys? Mm-hmm. The idea that the only thing to being a soldier is is to die, is certain death. Mm. Well, I also wondered, I mean, this is jumping into the next minute a little bit too, but when they give him the black capsule, it looks like it's in a presentation box. Did you get like a purple heart or something in, like a medal yeah. in? And so I sort of wondered if they're trying to set it up for that too. I love that interpretation. Oh. In a way. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I mean, That's it could be both. Point. Lots of people that shouldn't be dying and didn't want to be there or maybe volunteered to be there are, you know, not coming home. Mm-hmm. Or not coming home in one piece uh, if you did come home. And, you know. Here's your crappy metal. Thanks for that's that. All the I crap. love that. I mean, th- th- that's where 
that's where this movie in this modern context is so hard to appreciate. And even though I was technically alive when this movie came out and, you know, remember the Vietnam War to some extent, I don't think there's any way to truly like appreciate how groundbreaking or subversive this film was when it came out and and that's like your interpretation of it kind of brings that back and reminds me that anyone who was watching this movie in 1970 was definitely going to make those connections and it was going to be very real and very you know trenchant at that point yeah because you're getting bombarded with it on television and yeah and this is all post the tet offensive and all of that stuff so nobody's going to pretend that the war's going well Oh, I'm thinking about Wonder Years. I'm going to start crying. Someone change the subject. <gasps> uh, oh. Quickly, uh, b- uh, Princess oh. Bride, uh, Star Wars. Uh... Yay, yay! Good <laughs> okay. 70s things. Thank you. Thank you. Star Wars. Star Wars was awesome. Jaws, great movie. Yeah. 70s good. Yes. <laughs> well, and I think that is part of what you get, like, as much as we, and I, I think I speak for Megan, and that's why I'm saying Wade, <laughs> love animal house it doesn't exactly have as much to say about society as this film does well doesn't have nothing to say but there's there's because in the script it says like some of these guys are moved to the point of tears you wouldn't get that from a setup of it looks like the last supper you need you kind of need the this little conversation as a transition from the comedy mm-hmm. of seeing this scene to oh he's he's taken that pill he's he's climbing in the coffin mm-hmm. yeah oh this is happening yeah yikes i do wonder though for that you know one out of a hundred persons who would watch this movie at that time and would get all of that context but wouldn't be familiar with the last supper <laughs> <laughs> Because then they uh, would be really confused. They'd be like, what? I'm not saying there were a lot of people in this situation. I'm just worried that there is the one person out there who didn't know what we were talking about. Right. But imagining if there was such a person, like, what would they think is going on here? Like, what what do you think um, Trapper is saying to Painless right there so, you know, intently? And why are those three guys in the end whispering together? And what What kind of baby is this? Like, what? No. All I want... All I want is for that one person to have eventually gone to Milan and have seen the mural. Oh, my gosh. Like, oh, my God. It looks just like Nash. He copied Nash. <laughs> <laughs> just standing there in the convent on a tour with tears streaming down their face being like, oh, I knew it all along. Such a- Ugly John was the villain. <laughs> Oh, that's great. What does it smell like in the Sistine Chapel, Megan? <laughs> you know, I it's, it's funny. My husband Incense. and I Yeah, it does, but my husband I I just remember we when we finally got to Sistine Chapel it was like cuz we went in like late October and so it was starting to get dark, so it was like really kind of cool cuz it was like the shadows and stuff. It's really cool. And the va- the main, what is it? St. Peter's Basilica, the main church part of the Vatican. <laughs> that was, it was like nighttime and we were finally in there. And so it's just, just gorgeously lit. Like if you go to get a chance to go, Tierney, you should. Well, Goodwill Hunting told me it was very important it's, to learn these it's, things. It's, so. You know what? I didn't really care for Rome, which is a whole other story. But the Vatican, even though technically it's, it's its own country, saved Rome for me. 
Yeah, Rome's your duo. Everyone has a do-over city. Yeah, I would go back. This has nothing to do with Minute 60, but it's something that I would like to put out into the universe. And I have a podcast. I have the microphone, so you will listen to every word I have to say. (laughs) Um, Everyone gets a do-over city. That is a city that you went to and had a terrible time. But in retrospect, it wasn't the fault of the city. It was just that particular trip and your mood at the moment. Mine is Oxford in England. Oh, interesting. I had a terrible time. I have seen so many pictures of Oxford. It looks beautiful. That was not my experience. I would like to go back someday and actually do Oxford properly. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Yeah, it's a beautiful city. Yeah. That's what I hear. My sister's is Budapest. <gasps> really? I've always uh, wanted to go there too. Another beautiful city. She won't listen to this podcast. She got her period unexpectedly. She was trying to like get things in a pharmacy in Budapest. And then when she walked out of lunch, there was an, a fascist protest going on in the street. She hated that city. Oh my God. There are many mm. wonderful things in Budapest, but she did not have a good trip. And so she needs to go back to Budapest and experience them. And whenever you talk about Rome, I'm just like, well, that's your duo. I guess city. so, because <laughs> we felt it was kind of like New York without a soul. Like, people were rude. Which is funny because there's so much more to Rome well, than there would be to New and York. my <laughs> husband is, like, from originally from Long Island, so he's basically a New Yorker. <laughs> yeah. I, we didn't get to see the, what is it, the, there's that famous gallery with all the Caravaggios that we didn't get to see. Name's escaping me right now. Oh. And I would go back for that. I mean, there were some good things about Rome, but overall, we were just That's not like, in Florence? Yeah. That's in Rome? Like, this kind of sucks. Yeah, hold on. I'm going to Google it because I don't remember... Yeah, I'm thinking of the the Uffizi Gallery, which is in no. Florence. But there is something in Rome. Uh, the Borghese. Yeah. I know a bunch of right. Caravaggios are in churches Borghese. there. Borghese. That's what I'm thinking of, the Bor- Borghese mm. Villa or Gallery. Josh, what's your do-over city? Uh, it's funny. I don't think I'd ever thought of that, but I would have to say it's Lisbon, Portugal. Yeah, it. I, that was a city. I was there for a, a comics festival, and I was without my wife and daughter, and walking around for like three days when I wasn't doing festival stuff, just like totally isolated and thinking, "This is a beautiful city, and I love the cobblestones and the old houses and castle and all that." But I just, I want to share this experience with somebody, and I'm just walking around by myself, so it doesn't have quite the same impact so yeah it's kind of a left a sour taste in my mouth but at the same time i'm like definitely want to go back there with the family i'm telling you spread this concept to the world everyone who i've mentioned to is like (laughs) oh yeah i do have a trip you know a trip that i could see under different circumstances would be totally different (laughs) Mm -hmm. so go out do a little recon work no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) oh was there anything else for minute 60 that came to mind for either of you guys I was intrigued. So, okay, a couple of things. One is I was totally frustrated by the poor framing in part of this scene where Trapper is totally obscured by this post yeah. that's just hanging there. They mitigated it a little bit because at the very end of the scene, they get this sort of medium shot of of the four of them, of Duke, Mulcahy, Painless, Hawkeye, and Trapper. I guess it's five of them. But I was just thinking like Elliot Gould must have been watching the dailies and be like, what the hell? <laughs> you can't even see me. And then I ended up, I went down this rabbit hole of trying to identify when I was doing all of this, like making comparisons between each of the uh, characters in the movie and their apostle equivalent where i was looking up all of uh ranks and functions of the various characters in the movie and so i ended up discovering what a corpsman is 
because a couple of them are corpsmen, right? So let's see who's a corpsman. Judson, right? Yeah, Judson's a corpsman, and Boone is a corpsman. And apparently, that's like a pretty cool job. Like, it's it's only in the Navy and the Marines. You have to have, like, serious medical training. It's basically the equivalent of being a nurse. But you're also, hmm. like, a trained military person. So, and actually, it's, like, the biggest occupational title in the Navy. They're more corpsmen than anything else. It's interesting because in the TV show, corpsmen are always sort of like these, you know, greenhorns who, who seem to always be needed told what to do by everybody else. It makes sense for Judson, mm-hmm. but not for Boone. Right. Like, it feels like they should be on different levels. Because mm-hmm. Boone <laughs> seems like such a, a newbie and so vulnerable, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas Judson, we see him in surgery a bunch of times, assisting, mm-hmm. and yeah, that would make sense. But also, then it brings right. into question like what branch of the military makes up the mass unit? Because I always thought that you know the doctors were all army, but apparently corpsmen are either marines or navy. Yeah, this is definitely a mobile army surgical hospital. Mm-hmm. I couldn't mm-hmm. find. Maybe you can do research at some you know, future point and correct me, but I couldn't find any evidence of army corpsmen. But again, I could hmm. be totally wrong. Uh, an enlisted member of a military medical unit. So that's that just generic military. It could be, yeah, it could be army also. Yeah, that doesn't say. Hospital corpsmen is Navy and Marine. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if they make, an ex- like if it's just corpsmen. I would have to do more research. Woohoo! I get to do research. <laughs> I was a history major, so I'm actually kind of I excited knew you'd about enjoy this. that. Yeah, <laughs> and you both are librarians, right? So yeah, the the actual like Oxford Dictionary definition doesn't specify which branch of the service. So <laughs> all right, so but you're right. All the history stuff I'm seeing in a quick search is about the Navy. Huh. Or did someone with a Navy bias get to Wikipedia? (laughs) Always possible. Which is also an entertaining possibility. Like, I I think it's clear. I don't mind a crazy mystery conspiracy theory. I can have a lot of fun with those. I just, you know, there better be a 13th person in this painting. Frequenting Russian (laughs) websites. Yeah. (laughs) I can't wait to see what watch list I end up on. Like now that there are so many programs that f- just rip podcasts into text form so that they're searchable. Good times. Going to be fine. And one reason why I specifically said, hey, is there anything else in Minute 60 is because before we let our guests go, we always open it up to if there was anything in the movie you wanted to talk about that you didn't get a chance to. Since, well, there are many things I love dearly about the movies by minute format. Sometimes you're just like, yeah, but I didn't get to see this character who I love. So I I like to open the floor and say, we don't worry about spoilers or anything like that. Oh, wow. You know, the first thing that comes to mind is, again, that's like the different context that you see the movie in at different ages. And I guess, I, you know, when I saw it at age 13, I was kind of like half in frat boy brain space and half like sensitive liberal little liberal boy so you're a hot guy <laughs> uh, so i you know i don't think i i keyed in on on stuff 
to the same way that I do now. So one of the things when I was rewatching the movie was the way Frank Burns and and uh, Houlihan are treated in the film. To me, doesn't feel totally earned. Like there's the one scene where Frank clearly does a really crappy thing by blaming Boone for the the death of that patient. And that's, you know, kind of unforgivable. But like just the way that he is immediately tagged as the loser slash antagonist and then gotten rid of, you know, in such a cruel way. And the same thing with Margaret with Hot Lips, the way they treat her just throughout the whole movie. First, she's another antagonist. And then after they humiliate her, she just becomes like this mindless cheerleader. And then at one point, someone says like, oh, but you're a good nurse, you know, like, thanks a lot. <laughs> I guess it's it's just interesting. Like, I wonder if other people feel uh, similarly or are, are just like, yeah, those guys are jerks and a-holes and glad that they've been gotten rid of. You want to go first or how you Oh, no, you go first. Uh, no. You want? I agree, but to a point where it's like, they take it that step too far. Mm-hmm. The actual conflict between the characters, I think, makes a lot of sense. The way they set it up where, yeah, we only get these one examples. And I think it makes sense that Margaret is such a stickler by the books that they butt heads. Mm-hmm. Sure. And when she relaxes a little, like, okay, fine, you can hang out at the poker game. Like, I'm not saying that's a good thing <laughs> that she does. Mm-hmm. That or that she feels by society that's the only way she can be accepted, but it makes sense mm-hmm. like that people act that way. And then the actual torturing of Margaret and Frank is always taking that step too far because we're watching a comedy and so it's crazy antics, but it's mean spirited, yeah, in a way that kind of, that takes the fun out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just feels like such Lord of the Flies type of behavior. Like, just (laughs) crush the weak ones, you know? (laughs) And now we just move on. Am I going to have to sound drop the (laughs) Lord of the Flies again? I did not foresee that coming up more than once in my podcast on MASH, but... I guess I, I mean it's middle school, right? <laughs> so that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I love this that middle school. This is the middle school. Middle school. Totally. School. totally. Oh. I guess I'm more attuned to that because my daughter's in middle school right now, so it's like we're oh. ultra sensitive to bullying. I'm and sorry. All that stuff. <laughs> no, things are good so far. I mean, it's only the second day of seventh grade, but you know, knock on wood. Knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> It can also be I'm sorry to her for having to go to middle school. Exactly. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna build a new soapbox out of the ashes and get back on and be like, why do we isolate people at the worst possible times? Uh, <laughs> human nature. Yeah. As soon as I got to freshman year of high school, I was like, oh, and everyone can breathe. See, again I loved middle the school. Seniors do not care about. I us. liked middle school. I hated high school. Hated mm. high school. Interesting. Could not wait to get the heck out of there. Yeah, so I guess I'm the opposite, right? Because middle school, well, I didn't, yeah, I overall, I didn't mind middle school. It I have has a sister to be one who's other. many years younger than me. That's so true. I was, yeah, yeah. I, I was driving when she was in middle school and I had to pick her up once and i like i walked in and it was i think i was picking her up because she was sick or and like our parents were still working they're like well you're out of school pick her up on your way home or something like that and it was like my eye was twitching (laughs) my arm was itch itched like i was scratching a little short of breath like oh just get me out of this hallway (laughs) definitely post-traumatic stress disorder yeah right oh yeah 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 because it smells the same and everything looks the same just smaller and it is <laughs> i did not like that they're like you you here to sign her i'm like yes 
Oh God, let's go. Let's Get in the car. Just... Let's never be here again. <laughs> yeah, you're right though, Josh. It's one or the other. One or the other. <laughs> no one, mm-hmm. no one enjoyed both. <laughs> no chance. Well, we're glad that you enjoyed Mash Middle School <laughs> for a little bit. <laughs> it's an interesting movie to look at through the modern lens. Yes, I have. Sure. En- I have enjoyed even our yes who are like, why are you doing this, you crazy people? Because <laughs> Tierney like, asked well. me to, and I can't say no. <laughs> Seven in a nutshell, we're kind of a big deal in cinematic history. Oh, for sure. I've heard that, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like a bunch of di- up-and-coming directors burst onto the scene at the same time. Mm-hmm. One of them named Robert Altman. <laughs> I hope my mic picked that up okay. It's very hard. I'm a very animated talker, and I feel really bad that my audio is all over the place. It's all good. But that is my editing cross to bear. There you go. I like Tied the religious tie-in. The religion. nice, <laughs> nice work. Nice. I don't think Mulcahy would. Tying it back in. I love his little, like, almost nervous, like, throat clearing before he starts giving painless... Yeah, I'm really curious what's going to happen and what he's going to say to him and what's going to happen to Painless. It's kind of sweet because it's like the, you know, it's a very moment between Mm -hmm. them that Malkay was kind of forced to do. (laughs) I guess he checked, you know, with whatever uh, office he needed to check with. In the 30 seconds, or not even 30 seconds, in the way, we could probably work it out. (laughs) In those 20 seconds, he's just like, you know what, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to do it. He was doing his uh, best Cameron Fry impression from Ferris Bueller. Exactly. He'll keep asking me. He'll keep asking me. He'll tell me it's okay. (laughs) Well, it has been a lot of fun talking about MASH with you. I'm so glad you were just like, hey, I volunteer. (laughs) I'm so glad you guys had me on. Really enjoyed it. Had a great time. Great. I love any time I can. I And... Megan is apparently already a listener, so I will have to check out. I've just, I love the, it's not alliteration, but your podcast name just has like a rhythm to it that's very satisfying. Scene by scene with Josh and Dean. Yeah, it just has a nice ring. It just, yeah, it just happened that our names, you know, uh, the rhymed with scene. So that worked out well. (laughs) Is that how you picked your? podcast co-host <laughs> yeah exactly and if i ever replace him i gotta find another dean out there or an irene or i don't know i have to think about it oh mixing it up i like it <laughs> now if there are two girls out there named jane and irene that yeah they can to... take our place easy easy peasy so what's the easiest way to find that other than Literally searching it in any podcast catcher. I can't believe that we still say this at the end of every episode as if people don't know how to find podcasts. Anyway. You go to your plug. phone or your computer and you type in the words scene by scene with Josh and Dean. Yeah, we're at, we're at scenebyscenepodcast.com. We're also on Facebook at scene by scene with Josh and Dean. Uh, we have an Instagram account, which is called the American Splendor Podcast or just American Splendor Podcast. We wanted to be very specific with our Instagram. And you can also find my work at joshnewfeld.com. I do nonfiction comics exclusively and have uh, published three books. And I'm working on a new project now. So there's a lot of my work at joshnewfeld.com for you to check out if you're curious. 
And yeah, thank you guys so much. It's been great. We're mashminute.com and we have a Facebook group called the Mash Minute Post App Listeners Ward. It's a closed group, but that's just so that we know you're actually a listener involved. And, and that's someone is a great who place runs the to... Russian website that might have found. <laughs> Unless you're running a Russian website that publishes movie scripts, in which case, let's chat because this is awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Where did you get this from? Because it's not like it's a scan or anything. So I'm just going with this as the script from Megan's birthday, but in 1969, because you say it is. You bothered to code to put this in, so. What's your story? <laughs> What yeah. list did you put charity on? You know, we just want to know. That's all. Yeah. I'm not I'm not mad. Just disappointed. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Actually, uh, what we've been doing a lot is talking about who we would cast in MASH remakes. That's true. Which oh, fascinating. I've been doing since before we had a podcast, so this is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Ronald, R- Ryan Reynolds has come up. Could be a good choice. Oh, yeah. Could yeah. He's snarky enough. Yeah. That's what I thought. I was like, is that just Deadpool or is that because I think it's him? I think it's a little of both. I had a lot of trouble because I scanned a list that we had made many years ago. Oh, yes. Forgetting that we were thinking about the TV show. And I'm so steeped in the movie that to me, when I see the words Trapper John, I now think of Elliot Gould. And we recast Michael Senna. And I was just like, no. But we were thinking of Wayne Rogers. Right, we were thinking of Wayne Rogers. Oh, yeah, that makes Which sense. Which I'm still not sure it holds up, but it, I, I at least understand where that came yeah. from. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Josh, if you have any I, any <laughs> characters that come to mind, you let us know and we will add them there. And, yeah, it's just a fun place to talk about all sorts of mash. There's a hot lip soda. Yeah, who knew? That that we found. I mean, it's just Does lots it make your of mouth fun burn? random things. I don't think it does. Not that I no know of. No burning was involved in what was discussed. Right. Just that it existed and someone had it and sent us a picture. <laughs> Interesting. They seemed fine. They were obviously medically fine enough to post. Right. So, <laughs> Although I've posted to Instagram from an emergency room, so I really can't wow. judge. Impressive. <laughs> I'm a millennial. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> You'll pry my iPhone from my dead cold hands. <laughs> I've actually been yelled at by someone before going into surgery because I was trying to set my fantasy baseball lineup. And he's like, do you want to put your phone away now? <laughs> anyway, now that I sound like one of the worst types of people in the world, <laughs> I swear I love MASH and I'm actually a child of the 80s, obsessed with the 70s. But you wouldn't know it from the words that have just come out of my mouth. Wow. <laughs> Okay, I'm learning a lot about myself doing this podcast. People are complicated. People are complicated. And you know what? Maybe if Painless had just taken a few more minutes to think about that, he would have been in a much better place. Exactly. But we're here now. Exactly. We're here now. We're going to have to play this out and see how it goes. Yeah. Well, is it time to say sayonara? <laughs> or to say farewell, goodbye, and amen? <laughs> I bet no one's made that joke yet. <laughs> Never. I definitely did not make it in that episode summer. <laughs> Josh, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Same here. Yeah, thank you. We will see you around the interwebs. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>